Welcome to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T, the podcast that covers all aspects of pediatric dentistry, clinical, business, wellness for dentists, and leading edge science. It's all right here. And now your host, Dr. Jared Johnson. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Pediatric Dentistry from A to D. And I am super excited today to have Catherine Janicek on the show. And I got this idea because I was sitting in the car and I was listening to this book and it was about the who and not the how. And I was struggling a little bit with my speaking and I had taken a course from Catherine at the ADA and I learned a lot from that with a bunch of my colleagues. And Catherine is a three-time Emmy Award winning media and public speech speaking coach. She helps leaders, CEOs, dentists at Mayo Clinic, dentists from the ADA. She was just at a healthcare retreat at a big hospital teaching them how to communicate better with their patients. And she's been doing this for 20 years. So welcome on the show, Catherine. I'm super excited to have you join us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I loved meeting you at that training at the American Dental Association. And I'm excited to still be in your world. This is great. Yeah. What made you want to get into to speaking and coaching? I know you have some background with being in the public, with the, being a news anchor, and that's an interesting facet, but you really changed your career path a little bit to get in this. You coach, it's not just one profession. You're not just coach, coaching healthcare providers. You're coaching people that may be in banking or maybe in different industries. How did you get involved in that? I think it's so interesting. Thanks. Yeah. And I want to say, I was never an anchor. I want to make sure that all the anchors in the world know that I, you know, <laughs> they'll know I was never an anchor. What I was, was an executive producer and a VP of news at uh, many stations across the country, including Detroit, Memphis. I was working as an executive producer in Chicago, and then I became VP of news for a network. And then nine years ago, uh, the network that I was at actually went under. It was an experimental thing for people in their 20s and it just, it went under. And then, so I started my own company at nine, you know, nine years ago. And I thought, I remember my father saying, why don't you go and become like a professor at a university and for journalism? And I said, that sounds really hard. And it's funny because for any of you who own a company, a dental practice, anything, you'll know that owning a company is really the harder choice, I think. <laughs> but I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what I don't didn't know at that point. But now we're nine years in and we have doubled our business almost every year in the last three years. And we focus specifically, as you said, Dr. Johnson, Fortune 500. We help CEOs and founders. We help five medical associations. We, a, a lot of dentists like you, Dr. Johnson, but it just, it's been really incredible. We help people get their message across, whether it's on TV, you know, for media interview or on stage or on a panel, whenever, or hiring someone or, or getting a promotion. So whenever you need to speak, we help you make more impact. I think one of the things you just hit on that really hit home for me was something that's hard that you want to do. And for me, I wanted to be a KOL speaker in the dental industry, and I didn't know where to start. I just started. And I would recommend that if you want to do something in your career, in your life, just start. You're better off starting now than wasting all that time. And the other thing I've learned from just my mental wellness journey and listening to speakers like Ben Nempton with hard things, hard things are actually easier to achieve because there's fewer people trying to get them. And that may sound backwards, but I think that's the truth. And I think one of the things that may be hard, 
about speaking is having the confidence. And it's really a process to really work yourself up. You got to practice. But what are some common fears or anxieties that people have about getting on stage or giving a talk or giving an interview? It's it's interesting because we don't usually get their fears out when we do group coaching, but the one-on-one coaching, you get you hear the stuff. It's very common. So if you don't like the sound of your voice, know that there's not one person I've coached that loved the sound of their voice. So everyone I ask when I coach them, I say, please listen back to what you do. Listen to that media interview, record you when you go and you speak at a conference or whatever. So you can go and watch it so you can learn from it. It's just, it's, it's like anything else in our lives. You have to keep getting better at it, no matter how old you are. So if you don't go back and watch it, you don't know how you truly were without watching it. Everyone's going to say, you did great. You did great. But you might find, wow, my posture isn't exactly how I want it to be. Or I had a lot of ums or ahs, or I didn't smile a lot because I was so intense and passionate and really focused. And then it's, you know, not smiling once in a while just doesn't help you connect with the audience. So everyone's afraid of their, they don't like the sound of their voice and they fear that. And they don't, they're afraid of like, what do I do with my hands on stage? They all fear messing up you know, having filler words and sounding dumb or not knowing the answer to the questions, but listen to all those things that the, the list of fears, they're all things we can prepare and fix before we go back on stage or do a media interview. You can prepare for all of that stuff. So you're not as scared. So you don't make as many mistakes. And I'm just going to go ahead and just drop the ball right now. I've actually hired Catherine to coach a group of up and coming speakers in the dental industry if you want to know about that, uh, you can join our wait list. We don't have the date set. We're just building some excitement right now. And one of the parts of that course is Catherine's production team has a program that is based on artificial intelligence that will let you practice upload videos and give you feedback. And Catherine and her team are also going to look at those videos and be able to help coach you through these moments. So I think that's something that's really exciting to get this preparation to build your confidence. So we can go out and deliver that message. Because one of the things I realized when I first went out speaking for Excel seminars, the moderator said, you put a lot of work into your content, but you're not a very good speaker. Like I can tell you have the content, but you aren't able to deliver the message. So that's what I'm excited to be able to partner with you to get these doctors and dentists to get some coaching. And we to be honest, Catherine, you went to school to be a dentist. You didn't go to school to be a public speaker. So stop trying to do it on your own, in my opinion. So you wouldn't try to, you wouldn't try to do your own dentistry, right? No way. No how. <laughs> <laughs> I do try to like sometimes get tools that probably I shouldn't be using in my mouth to scrape my teeth in between sessions, which I know we should not do. But you're right. Like we, I don't do my own dental work. And so in, in like a little thing, like you just said, they're experts. You know, you who are watching this, you're an expert in your craft. It is so awesome to be able to see when people get a little bit of practicing and coaching, all of a sudden they look like the true expert on stage. I think that practicing really helps. And I also listen back to my wife hates it, but I listen back to the podcast and I try to get better. And I, I definitely have improved. And it was yes, probably have. the most intimidating thing to be in front of 20 other dentists and have you, after I just gave a talk, come back and tell me what I did wrong. I mean, that's growth, but it's also difficult. And I think there's a way that we're going to be able to make that comfortable for our participants. What are some ways, other ways that we can, I don't even know what these words are, so I'm excited to be in this course with you. 
but what are some of the ways the stage performance techniques you mentioned like blocking slides what are what's all what does that terminology even mean it's it's hard sometimes when you get on stage and you want to talk to all you know all the people you know they're left and they're right and they're in the front you need to know a little bit of body blocking so you don't cut people off when you're speaking so it's just it's literally making sure that your body's open and you don't feel you don't make people feel like they're not a part of the conversation. It's kind of like when you were walking around the office, and we don't walk around with our arms crossed, right? Because we're literally blocking people from having a great idea and walking and giving us that idea. We look like we're closed for business when we say this or that we're not excited about having a conversation. And we just want to also make sure when we're on stage, we have nice open body language. So that's what blocking is. And the other thing that you have in the course description is that 80% of it is is physical of your message. That sounds like like that can't be true. Like they're there to hear the content, not the physical appearance of you. Yeah, you know, it upsets me as much as it is shocking to you. I don't love, I don't, I didn't make the rules, right? But as society does judge us for the moment we walk up on stage, they're going to make up a story about you. So if we look disheveled or if we, our clothing is too big or too small and we just don't look like we've crossed our T's and dotted our I's, we look like we, we're not the expert, that we can't actually teach them something or we can't take care of even our patients. Like it goes that far when we don't look a certain way, when we don't present. It's really hard for me. I, I coach people who are, PhDs and, you know, we're the second in their class or the only woman, you know, female cardiologist in this one specialty, you know, and me having to tell them that also our physical presence is something we have to pay attention to before we go on CNN or a local TV station or speak and, you know, and get paid to do our speaking because people immediately unfortunately won't hear your message if there's something that is is distracting them about your physicality. And, you know, there's a study out of UCLA by a researcher there who showed actually it's only 7% of how we communicate is the spoken word. It's really 55% is our body language. And then 38% is your vo voice, your tone. So that's why, for example, me, I have a very barky voice. I sound, when I was in second grade, I had boys who would drive by my front door on their bikes and call me man voice. And that really creeps into my, my psyche even now in my mid to late forties. I don't know what I qualify for yet, but let's say mid forties, but I still hear that. And so I do things like smiling when I speak. So my voice just sounds more attractive to the ear of my audience. Because if I just talk to you right now, how I normally sound and how maybe when I first wake up, how I talk to my husband, it's it's kind of barky and it sounds like I'm yelling at you or mad at you. So we do things like that. So the audience just wants to keep listening to us. And it's, it's hard because we want to think it's just the content, but it really is not. It's not. One of the things, I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this throughout our conversation here, but one of the things that I want people to also know is if you listen to both of us right now talking, we're just telling stories to convey our message, right? You're telling a story about when you were a kid and you remember how that was. And I think that's a really important part of speaking, especially to Dennis, because I was just at Greater New York and I put a slide up and I would just tell a story about a patient that may have had that condition we've all had that in our chair and everyone's just sitting there nodding their heads now you've got them in a situation where they have something that's relatable and they're eager to listen to how you're going to take care of that patient and I think that's super 
super exciting. And I also, one of the things I learned at the ADA that was really impactful to me that I pay attention to just how communicating, I was coming back from the airport and they said they wanted to board the rows and they said, just get comfortable in your seat because everyone wants to stand up there and crowd the aisle and get, com who wants to get comfortable in their seat at the airport? And then on the way back, I was boarding and they were saying, we'll just take everyone that's left all passengers I left and they had never had called my group. How do you think that made me feel when they're saying everyone that's left and then they get up there and they're like, we're going to gate check your bag instead of saying, oh, as a courtesy to you, we're going to gate check your bag. The wording and how they describe it is really important. And it just happened to me the other day at my office. I had a patient come in and she said, Dr. Johnson, it's 150 bucks every time we come in to get this filling done. It's just so expensive. And I used one of your lines. I said, yeah, but it's great that you came in today and we caught this before it becomes a root canal on the crown or your kid has pain and it's more expensive to treat. And she goes, oh yeah, you're right. So I just changed that narrative from a negative into something that's positive. And that's something that I learned from you. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, that is bridging or pivoting. And we're going to do that in that training for sure, where, you know, we're going to give you examples, phrases, because you're going to get questions that you're not going to like sometimes, or you're going to get, you know, patients coming at you with certain things. And that was perfect, Dr. Johnson, uh, just saying yes. And, and this is actually going to be a cost savings in the long run, right? Yeah, I, I just saw a thing from the ADA that 93% of people are delaying their dental care. I'm like, well, it's never cheaper than it is right now. So I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, right. Just interesting how we how we pick and choose. I think dentists, if you look at the order in which people are paid out of like the 30 groups, I think we're 29th in the order of getting paid. So mm. kind of low on that end. With yeah, this course, they're great. also going to get some great content, some guides and feedback. Can you dive into what else is going to be included with your team? I know we didn't even touch on the wardrobe and also the makeup. And I'm kind of excited for that because I don't ever wear makeup. And I know you recommended maybe some eyebrow trimming and nose hair at the ADA, but what are some things in the guides that are going to be a bonus content that people are really going to be able to utilize? Every first is every guy asks me this, uh, do men wear makeup on stage or on TV? And it's yes. When there's lights on you, you're not going to look like you do in person if you don't put something on and people be so focused on the light shining off of your head and women wear makeup already. So we don't spend a lot of time having to make sure the the head's not shiny, right? We wear concealers or tinted moisturizers and stuff, but a lot, you'd be surprised that uh, many executive men even wear it all day long. Like it's a tinted moisturizer. It has some kind of color. So it just kind of, um, you know, takes away some of the blemishes or whatever that might be there. But it also, what's great is it just, you're less distracting on stage when we can't see those lights shining off of your forehead. So we do talk about that and we give you, you know, the tools to be able to buy what you need to buy at your local Mac counter or whatever it is. We also are going to talk about the camera you use and the lighting you use, because all of that is so important in your dental office and then also in your or whatever office that you work in. And then also your home office, because chances are you might have to do a meeting or a presentation from your home office. So having those two places set up for success, we talk about the level of the camera, where it needs to be at. So you don't look like a weak or meek 
leader. You always look like a strong leader and the expert, you know, who you're, you know, what you're actually talking about. So all of those guides will be included too, because we want to make sure you have a, a cheat sheet that you can hang right next to your computer that says, okay, I've checked these things off. I'm ready to go live, you know, or I'm ready to go on stage. We want to make sure you have all those tools. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to be a part of this course. And I really want to make this reoccurring so we can really develop some speakers. And I'm I'm personally going to help anyone that attends on the course to figure out how we can connect you with the industry players. It took me a while to learn how to get speaking gigs in the dental industry. And I can tell you just this month, I've already been offered four gigs for next year. So if you continue to work on this and take the time to practice, you really can be successful in this journey. And it's a great outlet to meet a lot of wonderful people in the industry and make connections. And I think when I look at it, for me, Catherine, it's I'm only one dentist. I can only see so many patients. But if I can teach 20 other people how to do something successfully, I can make a bigger impact uh, for the kids that we see in our community. So I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. If you want to join, join the waitlist. I'd also encourage you to follow Catherine, even if you're not interested in the course at this time on Instagram. She posts a lot of great tips on common things to build excitement and I really want to thank you again for coming and spending the time today. Thank you. Thanks for all you're doing. And I can't wait to work with everybody who signs up for the class. Thank you for listening to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with Dr. Johnson, visit us online at www.pediatricdentalce.com. For more tips and tricks, follow Pediatric Dental Seminars on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.